I'm DeWitt Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. Today's show is entitled simply Thank You and the Podcast Going Forward, because I want to simply say Thank you to all of you who have supported the podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in because when you tune in to the podcast, you are encouraging my students. When you express that you like the podcast, you are increasing the possibility of the content being spread all around the world. The podcast is currently being listened to around the world in 30 different countries, and is in the top 40 social justice podcasts. It is my desire for my students to become criminal justice practitioners who are driven with a moral conscience. You can have all the book knowledge in the world and still not do the right thing. I want my students to be upstanders in the field of criminal justice, which is the reason why this podcast's approach is one of criminal justice and social justice. So thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening to the podcast. I am currently on semester break from Heartland and I'm trying to enjoy my summer. So I've taken a couple of weeks off and thought that I would actually come on today and talk a little bit about the podcast going forward and just to say thank you. I too want to thank you for purchasing my books, The Douglas Connection, Viola Luzo, A True Martyr, and Hope Deferred Makes the Heart Sick. The income generated from the sale of my books is all given back to the scholarship winners of the Warren H. Bingham Scholarship, the Viola Luzo Scholarship, and the Annette Bingham Hall Scholarship. It helps to promote education of young people who have a desire to attend college, serve the community, serve the criminal justice system, and serve in the medical field, and in particular, the nursing field. Y'all know I love Heartland Community College and my alma mater, Festus High School, uh, which is where two of the scholarships are awarded. Teaching at Heartland and Viola's story are the driving forces behind the scholarship awarded in Viola's name. The Warren H.B. Scholarship gives me an opportunity to give back to my high school, Festus High School, the best high school in the country, to honor my grandfather and to give back to the community in which I was raised. But if you're going to be a giver, 
you should always give to the community in which you live. That coupled with the fact that my mom is such a wonderful human being are the driving forces behind awarding a local scholarship here in the Bloomington Normal area to a local high school student. So again, thank you for not just tuning into the podcast, but also purchasing those books that help me to give back to the community in which I live and my hometown community as well. Speaking of the great Viola Uzo, who is the subject of my second book, I got the chance to travel to Detroit, Michigan last week to see the statue that was unveiled by the city of Detroit. It is amazing. And the park in which it is located continues to be an amazing park. It looks really good. And it is in the neighborhood in which she was raised and lived at the time of her death. And that neighborhood is still a really good looking neighborhood. So the neighborhood is still standing strong. And as long as I'm on God's green earth, I will continue to tell her story. The only white woman to be murdered during the march from Selma to Montgomery with Dr. King and the great John Lewis, who, by the way, the United States government is about to make it official that John Lewis is going to be on a United States postal stamp. I can't wait to get a collection of those. Those of you who have followed my career know I retired from the McLean County Probation Department after 35 years of service. I currently work full time in the criminal justice department at my alma mater, Illinois State University, as the internship coordinator. I'm coming up on my one year anniversary and I'm coming up on my 28th year as an adjunct professor at Heartland Community College. The ISU internship coordinator is a dream position if you, like me, have a desire to mentor students, guide them academically and professionally, help them build their communication, critical thinking, problem solving, empathetic and diversity skills. I've mentioned it before that I now have the best of two worlds. I get to see the students at the front end as freshmen and sophomores, and I get to see them at the back end as juniors and seniors. Freshmen and sophomores at Heartland Community College, juniors and seniors at Illinois State University. At Heartland, they take my introduction to criminal justice and criminology classes. And at ISU, I get to try to place them at one of the over 300 criminal justice agencies we have in our database. It does my heart good to hear someone like Big Brad Baumgartner, who was my student at Heartland, transferred to ISU, was placed at the Peoria Police Department, come into my office at Illinois State University and say, Mr. Bingham, I wanted you to be the first to know that I passed all the tests and I'm about to go to the police academy. Meaning he took my classes at Heartland, earned his associate's degree, graduated from ISU and is going to soon be a sworn police officer. I am just so happy for him. And I always try to get my students to understand that being a police officer and or working in the criminal justice system is a calling. Okay, I'm thinking to get a little spiritual on you for a minute. In the Bible, in Romans 13, it teaches that police officers and criminal justice professionals or practitioners 
are in authority, but yet under authority. They are not to be the terror to good works, but are to fight evil. They are to do good just like the people are to do good. They are to respect the public just like the public is to respect them. Why do I mention this? Social justice and criminal justice go hand in hand, which is why I emphasize on the podcast that one without the other is not good. Therefore, I will continue not only to teach my students about the criminal justice process, search and seizure, self-incrimination, the courts, due process under the law, what good policing looks like, and continue to develop students' moral compass as it relates to criminal justice. So the podcast will continue to address current issues that are criminal justice related, that directly impact my students' moral compass. And I will ask them questions such as, is any one person above the law? Should everyone be treated fairly? To give their thoughts on affirmative action, does voting have an impact on who becomes a Supreme Court justice and how we get to good race relations? Speaking of which, here is my assessment of the current state of race relations. There is an extreme group of people to the right that I wouldn't trust as far as I could throw them. However, the majority of the people of this country are not racist, but there is no doubt in my mind that the affirmative action ruling was caused by this extremist wave. There is no doubt that the affirmative action ruling was because of a 6-3 conservative court. Can anybody say that the court would have the diversity that it currently has without affirmative action? That is three women, the first black woman, a Hispanic woman, and a black man, Clarence Thomas. All I can do is shake my head at that brother and say, he ain't no third good marshal. He never would have been considered by Yale if it were not for affirmative action. Every job he has gotten has been because of affirmative action. Am I saying he was not qualified? No. But the color of his skin played a part in this man being appointed to the Supreme Court. Yet he despises it. What I will finish with in my assessment of current race relations is there too is no doubt in my mind that white supremacist groups such as the Proud Boys, Three Percenters, and the Oath Keepers are the biggest domestic threat to our country and particular black folk. And if you advocate for them, you're just as accountable. Deeming race irrelevant in law does not make it so in life. That's the quote that Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, if you haven't read Justice Jackson and Justice Sonia Sotomayor's dissenting opinions, please do so. In addition to the Supreme Court's ruling on affirmative action, you got Ron DeSantis wanting to end birthright citizenship, which is directed at black and brown people. He's saying, aren't these people scary? Isn't the country changing in ways that you don't like? I think that some people believe that slavery was one big party. I have always asked my students and my guests what their favorite constitutional right is. 
And I've never said on the podcast what my favorite constitutional right is, because I really don't want to influence them one way or the other. I want them to be free to say what theirs actually is. But mine is the 14th Amendment. It legalizes and gives birthright citizenship to everyone who is born in America. It is the answer to being considered less than human. It is the corrective to the Dred Scott decision. It was to deal with black people who were enslaved. The remedy of the Supreme Court saying black people are subhuman. The Supreme Court did something that I thought would never be done, and that is attack the 14th Amendment. What DeSantis can't do is get rid of the 14th Amendment, but he doesn't have to do that if the Supreme Court is going to do it for him. What he wants to do is define who is an American and who is not. It is a part of what Wesley Lawry calls in his new book, White Lash. If you haven't read his book, I highly recommend it. The theme is every time African-Americans make landmark, significant, historic progress, there is always white lash or backlash, if you will. When I say that and when he says that, we certainly do not mean all white people are racist or participating in the backlash. I mean an extreme minority. For example, in response to the Emancipation Proclamation and Reconstruction, you get the KKK and Jim Crow laws. In response to Brown versus the Board of Education, you get the new Jim Crow. Response to Obama presidency and blacks playing a significant role in Biden being elected, you get white supremacy, the insurrection, suppression of voting rights, and the overturning of affirmative action. So we still got a long way to go in regard to race relations. We've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. Looking forward, the podcast will continue to examine the Trump documents case, depending on what chapters we are in and, and where we are in the semester. The insurrection, white supremacy, Black Lives Matter, Supreme Court decisions, race relations, social justice. We'll continue to make the point that elections have consequences and discuss what the Biden administration ought to be doing to make things better for the middle class that helps with the crime problem. Before I go, I want to play a response by my main man, Jamal Bowman, who was on Chris Hayes' show All In. He's a former principal and member of the House of Representatives from New York. Listen to what he has to say about the Supreme Court overturning of affirmative action. There are now calls from both sides of the aisle, in fact, to do away with legacy emissions. Last year, New York Democratic Congressman Jamal Bowman introduced a very succinct bill in the House called the Fair College Admissions for Students Act, which would prohibit, quote, preferential treatment in the admission process to applicants on the basis of their relationships to donors or alumni. Congressman Jamal Bowman serves on the Committee on Education and Labor, works as a middle school principal in the Bronx before he ran for office. He joins me now. Good to have you here. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. It is interesting. I saw this. Uh, I think the, there's a um, Jeff Merkley, I think, in the Senate has similar legislation in the Senate. Um, and I saw today um, Tim Scott 
uh, South Carolina a Republican and also a presidential candidate calling for the same thing. Okay. Yeah, I think that was, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, first of all, what's your reaction to the, the, the court's decision to this? Uh, devastation, frustration, um, another gut punch to progress. Um, it, it just seems uh, throughout my life, throughout history, when you're black in America, you're under attack for being black in America. And, and the decision today and the caucasity to use the 14th Amendment in the decision <laughs> is insane. Like 14th Amendment designed right. to protect and enfranchise African-Americans. You now use it to reverse our enfranchisement into higher education. It's just preposterous and disgusting, obviously. Let me ask you this, Kins, and I'm curious for you as someone who is a middle school principal in the Bronx, right? You're dealing with kids who by and large are not like racing to get into Harvard, right? Yeah. Like how you think this sort of question of elite institutions hits the folks that you represent in the Bronx or the schools. That yeah, it, it's about access, it's about opportunity, it's about hope, and it's about self-determination. Mm -hmm. So there are many families that I've worked with who don't even think college is an option for their children, yeah. beginning as young as like second or third okay. grade. And that ends so, up being one of the bigger obstacles. Correct. So by elementary school, they're like, oh, my kid isn't going to college, let alone Harvard. Right. So having something like affirmative action in place provides a pathway mm -hmm. for students who are ready to work their butts off or who are super nerdy like Joy Reid mentioned she was uh, to get into a place like Harvard. And with affirmative action, places like Harvard look to other places, look to diverse backgrounds to bring in students because it enriches the overall education experience. And the decision today and then the phrase color blindness, are you kidding me? Were we thinking about colorblindness when it came to the Homestead Act or the Black Laws or Jim Crow or any of the things throughout history that did not benefit us, that actually harmed us and even killed us versus affirmative action for wealthy white patriarchs, which is why ending legacy admissions, which benefit 70% of white people, 70% of those who benefit are white, right. and they keep out low-income, mostly children of color, if we're serious about uh, our democracy and equity and equality and legacy admissions, yeah. then we could do that in Congress. It just baffles me about how they use the term colorblindness. That is downright lie. When I look at an individual, I see color. And I don't know any individual, if they got good vision, that don't see color when they look at an individual. Lastly, but certainly not least, I want to say congratulations to all the 2023 Heartland Community College and Illinois State University graduates and to a special young lady that I attend church with, Shalini Brown who graduated from nursing school. I am very proud of you, Shalini. Keep pursuing your dreams and trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. I hope all my students are enjoying the summer and I'm looking forward to a new crew of freshmen in August. But until then, I'm going to take some time to relax and hopefully get away for a real vacation. There might be a couple of episodes with unexpected guests prior to the start of the fall semester. But remember, this podcast is a grassroots podcast that is designed to provide educational occupational guidance to high school and college students and to inform the uninformed of their constitutional rights. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you 
for your support of the show, my students, and the scholarships that this show promotes, my analysis of the current state of race relations, and the podcast going forward. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed.